This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Um, last year, the discovery of many, many unmarked graves at the site of a former residential school near Kamloops uh, shook Canadians. And it brought a lot of focus to the residential school situation in our country and um, the dark history surrounding it. And as we know, at the time, we were told, this is, this is just the beginning. There'll be many, many, many more discoveries like this right across the country, coast to coast to coast. Happened everywhere. And people knew about it. Um, it's, not a, it's not a surprise to people from these communities. They, they, they've known about it from day one. Um, another announcement this week um, that has a lot of people, you know, just once again reliving a lot of the feelings and the experiences we had around the Kamloops discovery. This one from the St. Joseph's Mission Residential School in Williams Lake, British Columbia. Uh, news there that um, as many as 93 burial sites may be located there. To tell us more about this situation and, and to talk through it is Willie Sellers, who is the chief of the Williams Lake First Nation. Um, chief, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, so just uh, tell me about this discovery. You used the ground penetrating radar, essentially, right, to come up with a number of 93. Is that where we're at? That's right. I mean, we have a pretty good group here and uh, a lot of capacity dedicated to this investigation because we know the importance of finding the truth for our people and the First Nations people of this region. So we not only had ground penetrating radar work, we had magnetometry, LIDAR, and you know, through our research that we've been doing and identifying areas of interest to start in phase one of the investigation, we, um, we were able to identify 93 uh, reflections or anomalies right. or mark graves, however you want to term them. Um, now, that's all the technology and all of that sort of stuff that's being used to identify these, but you also had an, a, a parallel, I don't even know if the investigation is the right word, but just talking to people, right, and documenting the stories. I mean, that's as big a part of this as the technology is, correct? That's right. I mean, we're able to uh, cross-reference and identify these areas through the numerous interviews that we've been doing over the past eight or nine months. I mean, there was also a lot of historical interviews that our team went through, a lot of historical research, and uh, you start, you know, getting down that path and reigniting those triggers and that trauma for those individuals. I mean, one of the key things and one of the key things that we continue to worry and stress about is just the health and wellness of, of all the survivors and all the people in the region. And you can see how much of an impact it has had over the past couple of days, not only on Williams Lake, but, I mean, the ripple effect is right across this country. Tell me about that impact. What does, what does this discovery mean to the people of the community? Because, like, whenever we've talked about this and I've talked with people from these communities, they've said, well, all you had to do was ask us. We've, we've known from day one. I mean, these stories have been around forever. It's not a surprise to us. We've told you. You just weren't listening. So when something like this happens and the announcement is made on Tuesday, um, what is that impact within the community? 
you know, there is a ton of disbelievers and they're still alive and still voicing their opinion in today's day and age. I look at the local municipality here in Williams Lake and some of the comments that have came out of that mayor and city council. We have allies in that office, but we also have politicians in, in high-level positions that still discredit the impacts of residential schools, especially those of St. Joseph's Mission located six kilometers from our community here. Williams Lake has had a reputation of these kind of things, and we start looking at you know those those impacts not just for our community here, you know, the stories that we've heard since we were kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it isn't just us. It's um, every single First Nations person in this region that attended that school. Multiple nations have been impacted. Chilcotin, Decaf, Newhall, Sequebum, Stallium. And what we've seen through this process is this outcry of, of support, not just from Indigenous people and Indigenous leaders, but non-Indigenous Canadians, and that's really an uplifting feeling because you know, historically we didn't have that same support. And you know, this is a tough topic of discussion. And I, I was just looking through my phone, just trying to catch up and trying to catch up on my emails over the last couple of days. And this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it? <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. There is just hundreds and hundreds of messages and emails and uh, direct messages on my social media that I haven't even gotten to. Uh, and, and those those are very encouraging. Those make me feel a lot better because there is going to be a ton of work that is still need to be done over at St. Joseph's. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a ton of work that still needs to be done at the numerous residential school sites across this country. Uh, I want to ask you about that in a second, but first of all, um, so so is it is it validation and sort of an, a willingness to okay now that we're all on the same page and now that we have this understanding, we can start to move forward. Is is there two components there? Yeah, I mean, without truth, there cannot be yeah. healing. Yeah. We we still see the you know the intergenerational trauma, the direct impacts of those survivors, and, and what they're going through in every single one of our communities. And some communities are are, are more far along in their healing journey. There's some that are still really struggling. And I'm not saying that our community is perfect or we we claim to be perfect at all. Um, but I mean, we're we're doing our best to make sure our community is going to be okay. And as we you know start to start to unravel and cover the truth, uh, it's it's expediting that reconciliation process and speeding up our recovery for sure because. You know, education is a part of that reconciliation process, and in order for us to heal, we're going to need allies, and we're going to need Canadians standing beside us, helping, holding us up, and 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 really support us throughout this process. You know, what is reconciliation to me? It's an education, yes, but it's also, I mean, a big component of that is culture, language, ceremony, revitalization in our communities. And I was going through the comments yesterday, actually, on um, our social media live feed, thousands of comments. And, you know, you see people praying and you 
see you hear people drumming and people lighting their tobacco and lighting their medicine and their sm- and, and smudging and you know it's 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 what we want to see and it really is helping us bring that balance back because for so long we were told that we weren't allowed to do that you know my dad was a product of that residential school here and and there was a big gap of me learning my culture and learning my language and learning my ceremonies here so now trying to learn them back as an adult is challenging and tough because our elders are dying at such a rapid rate so we we have to you know put that effort in and if we're being supported through that process uh, it's it's going to happen that much quicker and i'm pretty sure that's what canadians want to see they want to see unity and that's what we continue to push for support each other everybody love everybody uh, incredibly well said, Chief. Um, last one, I'll let you get out of here. I know you're busy. Um, where do you go from here now that you've found these 93 anomalies or reflections that may out- turn out to be um, unmarked graves? Do you, do, you, do you go further? I know I know some communities said they don't want to disturb um, these burial grounds. Others do. Uh, what, what's the plan? No, so we have a, um, we have a pretty special group here, you know, whether it's our staff or our council is... is um, you know, very supportive and progressive. And now we start talking about next steps and phase one of the investigation where we've uncovered these 93 reflections. I mean, we've led the technical exercise in the investigation in this instance. We start talking about excavation um, and next steps there. That's a multiple nation approach that we've we've continued to to tell the other nations that are impacted and we have to bring their leaders in and their cultural leaders in discuss how we want to approach next steps and we're we're treating it as a crime scene but we're also treating it as sacred grounds because of our people that are buried there sure so i mean that's a broader discussion in light of the 460 hectares that we still need to investigate we're going to continue to do that work um, one thing that happened after after our announcement this week was that we had multiple communities elders step up and say that they would like to tell their story, and you know that really means a lot because we've been able to identify areas of interest is through these interviews, through that research, and we have identified multiple areas of interest based on the stories that we're going to be starting on in the spring. So it would be paralleling each process. So a phase one investigation, potential excavation, paralleled with further phase two, phase three, phase yeah, four investigation yeah. and GPR work on those areas of interest surrounding the grounds. So just at the start here. Uh, Chief, thank you yeah. so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thanks for taking the time, and uh, thank you very much for all of the support. Yeah, thank you very much, sir. Um, that is yeah. Chief Willie Sellers, who is the chief of the Williams Lake First Nation, and as, uh, you know, as you heard, uh, the discovery of, they, they call them reflections uh, from the ground-penetrating radar, uh, 93 of them. Um, so we're not at this point saying necessarily that there's 93 um, graves there, um, but uh, the investigation continues. And as he said, it goes it goes hand-in-hand hand with the stories that they've heard for so long, right? It's just physical confirmation of the oral history and the oral understanding that they all have and has been passed down through the community for so, so long.
Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.